Isaiah calls himself a man of unclean lips. And remember in the Old Testament, unclean doesn't mean dirty. It means not worthy to face God. St. Paul says that he is untimely born. And St. Peter calls himself a sinful man. What do you think of yourself? How do you talk to yourself? What do you say to yourself that no one else hears? How do you look at your own life's failures? Negative talk. We all deal with it, some of us more than others. Sometimes it's so much of a habit for us that we're not even aware of the different ways and the amount that we speak negatively to ourselves. I wouldn't dare put the challenge before you to keep track in one day how many times you say something negatively to yourself interiorly. We probably, most of us, do it far too much. But the danger of negative talk is even more grave than we probably realize. Because what we're doing every time we judge ourselves that way is we become our own judge. I become the judge of myself. And what happens when we do that? Inevitably, we cut God out. Because there is only one judge, God. And if we make ourselves our own judge, then we put ourselves in the place of God and there's no room for God in our negative self-talk. We are not called to judge ourselves as Christians. That's never what we are asked to do. God is our judge and God alone. And so the danger of negative self-talk is that at least in that part of our life, wherever we struggle with that negative self-talk, we're not letting God be a part of it. Because when we talk negatively to ourselves, it's fake news. It's never true. There might be a partial truth in it, but it's never the truth. When we talk to ourselves that way, it will never be the truth. It's always a lie. Satan loves to use our negative self-talk to keep us away from God because it's so easy to nitpick at ourselves. The question we have to ask ourselves is, are we willing to let God speak the truth of who we are to us? One of my favorite lines from a book that I love, it says, if your heart accuses you, I am nevertheless greater than this, your heart. That is the truth of God before us. That even if our heart accuses us, even if we accuse ourselves, or even if we are rightly accused for something, it doesn't matter. Because God is nevertheless greater than this, our heart. See, we don't evaluate ourselves and then present ourselves to God. God, look, here is all the things that I've done wrong. He knows them before we list them. God doesn't need us to list our sins so that he can become aware of them. He's more aware of them than we are. We're not called to judge ourselves and then present ourselves 
before God for judgment. God is the judge who gives out judgment. The danger that's creeping in in that, the reason that I think it becomes more self-prevalent now is because the infiltration of individualism in our culture, in our society, that trickles over into the life of the church. Because inevitably what's part of that is that my life of faith starts with me looking for God in both the good and the bad. I'm trying to get to God. But that's not the Christian faith. The Christian faith is always first the initiative of God towards us and our response to what God offers us. It doesn't start with us. And when we speak negatively to ourselves, when we react negatively to our weakness and our failure, it starts with us. We're allowing everything to exist within ourselves and we won't let it be in relationship with God. So are we willing to let God speak the truth of who we are before him to us? That's what he desires to do. That's why the church, sacred scripture, the Christian community, your own prayer, authentic prayer is so important. Because in those things, those objective realities, we give permission for them to mediate the truth of God to us, of who we are. See, sometimes when we go to the sacrament of confession, we approach it as facing my judgment for all of the wrong that I'm accusing myself of. But part of what we're doing is we're saying, God, here I am. You judge. Don't let me judge myself, but you judge. You tell me through the priest what I need to be concerned about. Which is why it is such an egregious error and sin when a priest is not that for the penitent. The priest is supposed to mediate the mercy of God towards the penitent. Speaking the truth to the heart of that penitent of what God desires for them. Because if we really knew the greatness of our soul before God, it would throw us. One of my favorite lines from the Psalms is from Psalm 139, and one way of translating it is, I praise you, Lord, for the wonder of my being. An old monk gave me that on my priestly retreat, and it's stuck with me ever since. I could probably spend a whole lifetime just praying with that. I praise you, Lord, for the wonder of my being, of my existence. Because the reality is, in the Christian life, grace always precedes the awareness of sin. That can be your marker when you become aware of a fault in yourself, if it is truth or if it is a lie to yourself, was it preceded by grace? Because I kind of misled you at the beginning of the homily. 
with Isaiah and St. Paul and St. Peter. Because yes, Isaiah did call himself a man of unclean lips. St. Paul did call himself a man untimely born. And St. Peter did fall to his knees and say, Lord, I am a sinful man. But in each one of those cases, God came to them first. God came to them and revealed to them that they were of unclean lips or untimely born or a sinful man. Because if God reveals it to us, the difference is instead of it being an accusation and a judgment towards ourself, which inevitably, I mean, it does a bunch of different things, but it often paralyzes us from action. It causes shame that keeps us down. It just amplifies and makes further negative talk increase. But when God reveals our sinfulness to us, what happens with Isaiah, Paul, and Peter? Isaiah, Lord, here I am. Send me. St. Paul, I come and bring the good news of salvation to you, that as I have heard it myself, I bring it to you. And St. Peter, from now on, Peter, you will be catching people. See, the difference is that when we accuse ourselves, every error that we've made for us is an impediment of doing anything. That I can't do whatever I've done wrong. But when God reveals to us where we have fault, He says, go, do it anyway. Go be a prophet. Go be an evangelist. Go be a fisher of people. Because for God, the revelation of our sin is not something that is a barrier, but it's the way that he can make his grace work in us and through us. Because truth is always preceded by grace. It's God's initiative first. So negative self-talk is never true. It is always a lie. So become aware of that in yourself and then present it to God. When you recognize yourself speaking negatively about yourself, about something that you thought or said or did, say, Lord, I give it to you. And think of the ways that you let God initiate. Right from the examples before, through the life of the church, through the sacraments, through your prayer, through your Christian community. How do you let all of those things speak the truth of how God looks at your beautifully, wonderfully made soul and calls you forth? That's the grace God speaks to us. That's the good news that St. Paul went preaching, that Christ suffered and died and rose again for you, a sinner. No matter how you see yourself, that gift is yours. It's given freely. You don't have to earn it. And so on and so forth. That's the good news. Don't let your negative self-talk get in the way of God being a part of your life. Open up even those parts to Him. Because grace always precedes truth.